Hey, LifePoint family, we're gonna get to the message in just a moment, so don't turn this off. But before we do, I wanted to invite you to be a part of what we call a tradition around here. We don't have very many, but it's our one tradition. And so no matter if you're a part of a campus or you're a part of our online family, really doesn't matter your zip code, your state, your country, we wanna invite you to be a part of this season because together we're a part of something really, really special. You know, this is a season where we stretch our faith, where we align our heart around the goodness and the faithfulness of God. And we're, we're theming this series, Here I Am. And it's not really a series, it's a season. It's an opportunity for us to say, God, I'm available. And you know, we conclude every year with an offering, a, a gift over and above our regular giving, where we just say, God, here I am, stretch my faith, align my heart to yours. And I wanna personally invite you to be a part of that. Maybe you'd consider a one-time gift or, or maybe you'd give a reoccurring gift. However you do it, we just want you to be a part. I want you to go to lifepoint.org give to see how you can participate today. And I want you to know this, that whatever you give, we're very, very grateful. I know this season has been challenging for all of us and we're convinced now more than ever that people need the life and the love and the hope that a ministry like this brings. So thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being a part. And together, we're making a difference in the lives of so many. Now, I hope you enjoy today's message. You ready for the word today? Let's get into it. It's gonna be good. I hope you got out your notebook and your pen. And I want you to think about this thought. In, in almost a decade ago, and this is gonna be hard for some of you to believe, almost a decade ago, next year will be one decade ago, that the phrase, or the acronym really, YOLO came out. Thank you, Drake. Can y'all believe that? A decade ago. It was a decade ago, people started saying you only live once. Isn't that wild, a decade ago. Some of you thought it was last week. Some of you feeling old right now, you're welcome. And some of you are like, I have no idea who Drake is or what YOLO is. Is that a drink? Is that like Yahoo, like a chocolate milk kind of shake thing that you get at the 7-Eleven? No, it's a little acronym that just means you only live once. And, and if you had social back then or any kind of, people would do crazy things and go, hashtag YOLO, right? Like skydiving today, hashtag YOLO, jumping out of a, you know, whatever it is, they were like, hashtag YOLO, you only live once. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a good thing. Like live your life as if you only get one life because you may miss some things. You may wish you had done some things that you didn't do. You may wish you'd taken some risks that you didn't take. But I would also propose on the flip side, it's a really bad philosophy because you really don't only live once. You really live twice. And if you only live once then, and you think that and really believe that, then you'll so tie your life to this life that you'll think, I've got to do everything I can to make this life great because this life is all there is to this life. But we've been talking about in this series that this life is not all there is to this life. That in reality, it's not YOLO, it's lo YOLT. You only live twice. Come on, somebody, help me out. You know, it's really YOLT. You only live twice. And I want to propose to you this, that this life is really a test for the next life. That this life is really preparing you for the next life. I would propose to you that this life is the shortest amount of time that you'll ever live, that eternity is the longest amount of time you'll ever live. 
that, that uh, I love the illustration I saw someone do once, that if your life was a hundred foot rope, they put one piece of tape on the end and said, this is your life on earth. That the rest of it is your life in eternity because this life is not all there is to this life. And if you're going to be successful in this life, it will be because you have your eyes fixed on the next life. That if you're going to be really successful, honestly, if you're going to be really fulfilled, if you're going to be really successful in this life, if this life is going to get all the meaning out of it that you possibly can, it's not going to be because you get all you can and can all you can. I used to tell my grandma, she lived on a farm in Cove City, North Carolina. Nobody knows where that's it. Has one traffic light, and that's where I spent my summers working on the tobacco field. I used to say, Granny, I know that you got mason jars full of money buried all over this farm. She's like, Jack, because that's what she called me. Not because that's my name or even my middle name. It's actually short for Jack Rabbit. I don't even know why she would say that, but it was just something she'd say. She'd say, Jack, if you can find them, you can have all of them. And so this life isn't about getting all that we can get and then just keeping all that we can keep. This life is about living for something that is beyond this life. It's about living for eternity. But it's so easy to get our eyes so fixated on this life and this job and this career and this college entrance and this career and this sport. And, and I'm not saying any of that is bad. I'm all for you flourishing in this life. I'm just telling you, you won't fully be fulfilled. You won't fully be successful in this life if you are only living for this life. This life isn't all there is to this life. Are you with me? And so I want to talk to you today about some principles to help you live twice and live twice really, really well. Are you with me so far? Say amen. amen. I'm going to give you three principles and I'm going to give you three things of application to do. All right. So if you're a note taker, I want you to write these down. If not, every location, write it down, especially if you're at home. You have no excuse. Run to the kitchen right now. We'll wait. Get a pen out of the junk drawer. I can still see you. I really can't. <laughs> so number one is this, is you've got to understand this principle that I'm just passing through. That I'm just passing through. Do you know that you're just passing through this life? You've got to know that. Uh, I, well, I grew up in church and I'm grateful for that. And the old folks used to sing songs about this about just passing through, that this isn't my home, that heaven is my home, that, that this isn't my ending point. Are you with me? I'm just saying say things like this, um, and this is like language that we don't really use anymore. They say things like this, I'm just a pilgrim in this weary land. Come on, somebody. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Y'all ain't been around church long enough. Some of y'all were in the bar last week. Y'all just, y'all know to this, and welcome. We're glad you're here. But you've got to understand you're just passing through this life, that this life isn't all there is to this life. If you think this is it, and then you become a dust ball, and that's all there is, then you'll live that way. But you've got to have this principle in your mind, and it's so easy, so easy. The gravitational pull is to go, no, it's all about this life. It's all about what I accumulate in this life. And listen to me, I'm not against success. I believe God wants to bless you, but not just to be blessed. He wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing. And if all you're doing is living for this life and think this is it and this is the culmination of what it is and what I gain and what I get and he who dies with the most toys, guess what? You still die. And so I've got to understand that I'm just passing through. This is what the scripture teaches us. It says this, 
Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. You don't want that. Their God is their stomach. Another way to say this is their God is their appetite. And their glory is in their shame. Listen to this. Their mind is on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. Your citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm just passing through. I'm just passing through. My passport isn't for this world. Are you with me? I'm getting an earth stamp, but it's just one of the stamps in my passport because my citizenship is in heaven. Are you following me? I'm just passing through this life. Listen to me. You've got to understand that you are just passing through this life. The Bible says that our life is a vapor. The Bible says that it's appointed unto man once to die, that we're all going to face an end. And you're just passing through. God agrees with me on this. I agree with God, actually. <laughs> Hebrews 11 is all, all this incredible chapter of like, it's called um, the Hall of Faith. It's not, not what the title is in the Bible, but that's kind of what it's been named, the Hall of Faith, because it's talking about all these great men and women of faith throughout the scripture. And it says this about them. It said, people who live this way make it plain that they are looking for their true home. Where, where do you consider your true home to be? Is it all tied here? This is why people get so shaken in a pandemic. Because this is their true home. When your heaven, when your eyes are locked on heaven, when, when your lives are locked on eternity, when, when, it, when this isn't your true home, it's like, like Paul said, and we learned in, in October, live or die, it's Christ. Pandemic or no pandemic, this isn't my home. This isn't the eternal destination. My, my candidate won or my candidate didn't win. It's not my eternal destination. This isn't my citizenship. I got a king. His name is Jesus, and he's always on the throne, and he's always ruling. Are you with me? So there's talking about these people of great faith. It says the people that live this way, they're looking for their true home. They were after a far better country. Can I tell you something? I'm not putting all my eggs in the earth basket because I'm living for a far better place where there is no sickness, where there is no disease, where there is no violence, where there is no hurting, where there is, come on somebody, I'm not living for this earth. I'm living for a far better country. And so I'm investing my time, my energy, my resources into a far better country. I love this verse. It says, a heaven country. And you can see why God is so proud of them. I love the way the message puts it. God is so proud of them. And listen to this. And he has a city waiting for them. He's got a city. Can I tell you something? When you live your life as though this is not all there is to this life, God's proud of you. When you live investing in things that will outlast you and live for eternity, God's proud of you. And guess what? He's building a city for you. Isn't that amazing? What an incredible promise. You should take that promise and write it down. That is a promise from God. He's got a city waiting on you. So I'm just passing through. So don't get so uptight. Don't get so anxious. Are you with me? 
It would help you a lot. It'd help you in every area of your life. You just get, I'm not living for this world. I'm not saying don't work hard, but, but don't get so, don't get your stomach all in knots when, when you didn't win the contract. I'm not saying don't work hard, but are you following me? I can live with some peace because I'm, I'm not living for this world. I'm living for a different world. This isn't my true home. And God's proud of me. And guess what? Everything I wanted to build here, God's already building it for me there. He's got a city waiting for me. How amazing is that? Number two, principle you got to live by. You live twice, my time on earth is short. Not only am I passing through, but my time here is really short. Do you know your time on earth is short? I know they say it, and it's so true, and, and if, you're, if you're younger or, or you're in high school or maybe in your 20s, you may not feel this way, but man, time speeds up. Man, time speeds up. Uh, I never would have thought that I would be thinking in year increments. Are you with me? I used to think in days, set in school and be like, this day is so long. Oh my goodness, how long is this? I used to think in class periods, oh my goodness, will this teacher ever be done? This period is going forever. Now I'm like, where can I find an hour? Are you following me? Then it, then it was like you think in weeks. So next week we get to do this, next week we get to do that. Now I'm thinking, okay, we may be able to fill our buildings again in six months. That's not that long. Oh, in a few months, we'll be a year into this. That's not that. Okay, we got a year. That'll be good. We need another year. Now I'm thinking in decade chunks. What do I want to accomplish in the next 10 years? What do I want to be by the time I'm 50? Where do I want to be by the time I'm 60? Where do I want to be by the time I'm 70? I'm starting to plan out decades now. Are y'all following me? Life goes really fast here on this earth. It is short. The, the Bible says it this way. It says, uh, what is your life? You're a mist. It's encouraging. Aren't you glad you came to church? You're a mist. If I had a spray bottle and sprayed it once, that's your entire life. That is the sum of your existence on this planet. God bless you. It says you're a mist. You appear for a little while. You ever sprayed something out of a spray bottle? You can kind of see it for a minute, and then what? Then it vanishes. Your life is a mist here for a second, just a little while then it vanishes. So why do we get so uptight building the mist? Because there, this life is not all there is to this life. Are you with me? So what are you doing with the, what are you doing with your mist? Is the mist that you're spraying out here today, gone tomorrow, all about you? Are you living for something more? I love this verse. It says, teach us to number our days and recognize how, what? Say it again. How few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Here's what the psalmist is saying. Your days are like currency. Your days are currency, and how are you spending them? You know what? Some of them you should spend on you. You should. 
should spend some days on you. You should spend some days having fun. You should spend some days, it's a word from the Lord, on your motorcycle. <laughs> what God says to me, at least. You should get that Harley out, Daniel, and it is godly. I go. And you should buy those ape hangers you're wanting to change out in the spring. That's what God told me, too. I'm going to do it because I heard from the Lord. You should spend some days on you. You should spend some days on you. The thing that refuels you, refreshes you, absolutely, you should spend some of that time. But you know what? You should spend some of that time on others. I'm not saying you got to spend all your time on others. That would be unhealthy because you can't give if you're not being refueled. But you should spend some time on others. Why? Because your, your days are few, so you need to count them. You need to manage them. You don't need to waste them. You don't want to get, you know how, at the, how you can, in your iPhone, you can look up how you spent your time, like 12 hours on social media, six hours on internet search, five hours on your calendar, 12 hours. On, if there was a pie chart when you get to heaven, you don't want the pie chart or the graph to be 22 years on Netflix. Well, what if, what if God were make a pie chart of how you spent your few days? What would it say about where your heart was and what you were living for? I'm just trying to challenge you. Your days are short. Live them for the things that matters. You know what matters? Others, your family, people around you. Keep short accounts. Love well. Be generous with your life not just your stuff, with your life, with everything that you are. I'm just passing through. Number three is I need to make the most of every opportunity. I need to make the most of every opportunity. If I'm just passing through and if life is short, then I've got to make the most of every opportunity. I gotta make the most of every opportunity. I love this verse in Ephesians. It says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Look into this. Listen, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Making the most of every opportunity. The, the word opportunity there is, um, is uh, it's, it's around the idea of time, and it's, it's not like time like chronological time. Are you with me? There, there, there's two different words in the original language for time, and it's where we get the word chronological or chronos, which means like um, time in a linear fashion, which is like one second, two second, three second, four second. Are y'all following me? One hour, two hour, one week. Are y'all with me so far? You with me? Every campus, come on, you with me? And so chronos, then there's another one that's kairos time. Kairos means an opportune time. It means that there is uh, as the old saying goes, there's an opportunity of a lifetime. Kairos means there's a lifetime to the opportunity. Are y'all with me? It means that, that windows open, opportunities present themselves, and if you don't take the opportunity, then you miss it. And often it doesn't mean that you get it back again. 
And so you look for Kairos moments. So God gives you Kairos moments. And so what the writer of Ephesians is saying here, the apostle Paul, he's saying, make the most. When a Kairos moment happens, when a door opens, when a window opens, make the most of that opportunity and walk through that because the days are evil. And so be very, very careful how you live so that one, you have eyes to see the Kairos moments in your life, the God moments, the moments where someone is in need of a love, loving uh, hug or someone is in need of a, an elbow bump, whatever you're comfortable with. I'm so over elbow bumps. I want to get back to hugging people. Where you have an opportunity to be generous to somebody, where you have an opportunity to be in need, be very, very careful about how you live because if not, you'll miss God moments all around you all the time. Every day of your week, there are God moments all around you. There's someone that gives you a little hint that they're not okay. There's someone that when you say, are you okay? And they go, I'm okay, I'm I'm fine. And there's a Kairos moment there. And there's a moment where you see someone that is in need of something and you could have the resources to meet the need. And if you're not careful about how you live, then you'll miss the Kairos moment. And there's someone that needs a prayer, and if you're not careful, you'll miss the opportunity to grab their hand and believe with them in faith. And if you're not careful, you'll miss the opportunity to speak an encouraging word to someone. So Paul says, be careful how you live. You're just passing through. Time is short. You may not get this window of opportunity again. So live it now. Live it now. You're just passing through. Time is short. So make the most of every opportunity you get. So Paul's saying, be careful how you live. Because if not, you'll miss the Kairos moment. Be careful how you live. Because if not, you'll miss the moment to be generous, to give your life away. You'll miss the moment to be kind to someone, to pray for, be compassionate. You'll miss it. When you miss it, you miss the reality that there's more to this life than this life. When you miss those Kairos moments, you miss the opportunity to be fulfilled in a way that nothing else can fulfill you. You miss the opportunity to live a life that is truly successful. Success isn't found in what you can accumulate. Success is found in what you can do with what God's put in your hand. I I like this verse, talking about this every opportunity moment in Corinthians. He says, but on the judgment day, there'll be a judgment day that comes and, and, um, and what you did will be judged. This isn't the judgment part. I talked about this a couple weeks ago. This isn't the judgment part of like, did you accept Christ or not? There's another judgment for every believer. And it says the fire will reveal, watch this, what kind of work each builder has done. What kind of work? All of us are working. That's why when someone says, how you doing? Oh, tired. Just tired. It's because we're all doing something, right? It's not like we're all sitting at home eating bonbons. (laughs) We're all doing something. And so the fire is going to reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The, sh- the fire will show if a person's work has any, wow, value. Man, I would hate to get to heaven and realize that everything I put my energies into had no value. It says if the work survives, survives what? The fire, that builder will receive a reward. Here's the amazing thing about our God. Not only does he want you to see Kairos moments, these God moments, these window of opportunity moments, 
to use your life to be generous, to be a blessing to someone in some way. But then when you get to heaven and all those things stack up, he's going to be like, I just want to pay you back for all that. I want to, that's what the word reward means. It means to pay back. How crazy is that? Not only does God want us to be vessels through which he touches the lives of others, but then he's going to be like, because you did all that, I want to reward you for that. How amazing is that? So I don't, I don't, I don't begrudgingly, I don't just like, well, that's what I'm supposed to do. It's my Christian duty. Come here. Let me pray for you. I'm supposed to be generous. So I'm going to put something in the offering. No, 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 no. I get to give. I get to give my life away and be generous. And then I don't do it so that God will reward me. But there's this amazing like benefit to this whole thing of living my life open-handed before God. How amazing is that? Are y'all getting this with me? How amazing is that? And so what do we do with this? How do we put this into action? I'm going to give you three things real quick. Put it into action. If you're with me, say amen. amen. All right, number one, let's write these down. Number one, Go through life looking up and not around. Go through life looking up and not around. Let me ask you this. Where's your focus? Is your focus on everything here? Or is your focus on the life that is to come? The Bible says this. Moses chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. He was looking ahead to his reward. How are you living your life? Are you looking up or are you looking around? What has your focus? What has your heart's affection and your mind's attention? Is it always on the what's around or is it focused on God? No, I'm looking ahead to reward. Can I tell you, this would change a lot in your life. This would change a lot in your life. You know how you could endure pain a lot better? Looking up and not around. You know how you could endure hard times a lot better? Looking up and not around. You know how you could not live so frustrated with life? Looking up, not around. Get your eyes off the circumstances. Turn off the news. Hello, turn off this. Hello, I'm helping you today. Look up, not around. Get your eyes fixed on your eternal reward, on your heaven reward. Get your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who is not worried about anything right now, who is not anxious about anything right now, who is not concerned about anything right now, who is sovereign in control on the throne. There's no earthquakes in heaven. Things aren't rattling around. Heaven's not having emergency meetings about how to fix some things. No, no, he's in control. He's calm. He's still. He says, peace over yours. Get your eyes fixed up. Are you with me? Get your eyes fixed up and not around. I'm not talking about being so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. But I am talking about not being so earthly minded that your eyes aren't even on heaven. It's somewhere in between. Are you with me? I'm not talking about walking around and be like, well, I'm just, I'm blind to everything, looking at heaven. I'm not talking about that. Don't be, don't be weird. Gives Christian bad names. But there should be something different about your life. When everyone else is spinning out of control, there should be something different about you. There should be some hope on the inside of you. The Bible calls it a glorious hope. There should be some hope on the inside of you to go, you know what, I'm not living for this life. 
This isn't all there is. This life is not all there is to this life. So I'm going to look up and not around. Number two, I'm going to give up something now for something I want later. This really is the definition of sacrifice. Sacrifice isn't giving up something I hate, I love for something I hate. I think a lot of people think of sacrifice like that. Even when we talk about sacrifice in terms of our faith, like sacrificial giving, like you're gonna do next week in Kingdom Builder Offering, a lot of people think, oh, I've gotta give up something I love for something I hate. No, 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 that's not sacrifice. Sacrifice is giving up something now for something I want more later. So I sacrifice eating donuts now because I wanna go to the beach later. Are you following me? Sacrifice is saying, no, this is what sacrifice is. I have vision for my life. So I know something I want later. And so I'm willing to give up something now. I want to have you do this in other areas of your life. I want to have, I want to retire later. So I'm willing to live with something a little less now to prepare for that. I want to have this in my relationship later. So I'm willing to sacrifice or give up something now. And I would just say to you that if you want to live a life that outlasts you and lives on for eternity, that, that your mist in this earth actually makes a difference for something, then you're going to have to learn the principle of giving up something now for something you want later. Something you want later. The, the Bible talks about it in this way. It says, don't, there you go. If you, if that's not ambiguous. <laughs> don't store up treasures on earth where moth eat them and rust destroy them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and the thieves do not break in and steal. And it says this, wherever your treasure is, there the desire of your heart will be also. It's where the desire of your heart will be. He says, don't store it for yourselves treasures on earth. Is, is Matthew telling us, don't have anything? No, that's not what he's saying. He's just saying, don't make this your storehouse. Don't make this the place that your heart is attached to, but store it for yourselves treasures in heaven because everything you store up in earth will eventually rust away. Will it not? You have, everything you have, you eventually have to replace. But store of yourself treasures in heaven where those kind of things can't break in and steal. Here's a great way to illustrate it. Are you all with me? Say amen. amen. Here's a great way to illustrate it. Let's say you went on a trip to Australia, mate. And you're in the hotel in Australia. You're staying at a nice hotel. Let's just say you, you went all out. Got a Ritz. Come on, somebody. Ritz Carlton. You got a Ritz Carlton and, uh, and you're staying in the hotel. And they're like, listen, hey, here's the rules in Australia, in this Ritz-Carlton. You can buy anything that you want. You can buy anything that you want, but you can't take anything out of the country with you. But you can wire ahead to home anything that you want. So you got the rules? You're at a beautiful hotel, you're in Australia, and the rules are you can buy anything that you want but you can't take any of it with you back to America. But what you can do is you can wire transfer anything you want back to America. Now, let me ask you this. Would you spend all of your energies filling your hotel room with stuff? Not if you're smart, because you gotta leave it for housekeeping. 
But if you're smart, you would wire everything that you could back home to America. This is what Matthew is saying. You're on this earth, you're in your hotel room, and you can't take any of it with you. But you can wire transfer to the next life as much as you want. And so why would you fill your hotel room on earth with all the stuff you can't take with you? I'm going to give up something now so that I can have something I want later. And what do I want later? I want treasures in heaven where where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. And you know what else I want? I want my heart to be connected to that because where my treasure is will the desires of my heart be also. Are you with me? All right, one final thought is this. One final step. I'm going to be intentional about making a difference. I'm going to intentionally make a difference. I'm going to intentionally make a difference. So number one, I'm going to go through life looking up, not around. It's, real pra- it's a practical. I'm, I'm like, a, what do I do with this message? All right, I'm going to look up and not around. Make sure my eyes are fixed and focused on the right things. Number two, what I'm going to do, I'm going to give up something now for something I want later. I'm going to learn the, I'm going to learn the value of deferring, of deferring my life. Number three, I'm going to intentionally make a difference. I'm going to intentionally make a difference. I want to give you two ways that you can intentionally make a difference in this season. Two ways you intentionally make a difference. Obviously, next week, you have the opportunity to give. You have the opportunity to be a part of the Kingdom Builder offering, to give over and above your regular giving. But I want to challenge you to something, and it's this as it relates to that in two ways. Are you with me? Two ways. This. For some of you, you don't need to bring an offering. You're like, Pastor, you're not doing a good job at like raising the offering. <laughs> Telling people they don't need to bring an offering. I just want to be honest with you, you don't need to bring an offering. And here's why. It's because you can't bring an offering until you first return to God the tithe that belongs to him. Hear me say that. The definition of offering (laughs) is that it is over and above a tithe. So if you're not tithing, you can't bring an offering. You can bring a tip, like you give to a waiter, but you can't bring an offering. So you gotta bring the tithe first. So here's what I encourage you to do is that next week, your kingdom builder offering would be your tithe. Maybe the first time that you give God 10% of what he's given to you. And you begin to make that a regular habit in your life. Regular habit. Every time I pay, it's the very first thing that I do. Every time I text to give, every time, first thing I do. I've done it since I've earned income. I just thankfully had parents that taught me that. And over the years, it's become more. Now my tithe, I double tithe. Tammy and I, we give 20% of everything that comes through our hand. Just because I've learned I can't outgive God. Just learned I can't outgive God. And then we give offerings above and beyond that. And the Bible says it this way. It gives you a promise if you'll do that. It says, bring the whole tithe where? Into the storehouse. So I just, I want to challenge you on something. You don't have to give it here. I'm, we're not in need. We're doing great doing really good. We're, over a, we're up and, and beyond last year's giving. Everything's great. I just want to challenge you in this. 
that, that the storehouse is the local church and the local church that is feeding you. And so whether you're online or, or you're in one of our campuses, tithing isn't, I just wanna challenge you on this and, and, and this, my job as your pastor, tithing isn't this. It isn't, well, I give 2% to this ministry and 2% to that ministry and 3% to the church and 2% over here, so it equals 10%. No, God says, bring the whole tithe. He says, all of it belongs to my storehouse. Are y'all with me? He says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, this, so that there may be food in my house, so that there may be plenty to meet the needs of others in my house. He said, test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. God says, I wanna bless you in a way that you're in overflow so that you can be a blessing. And you, some of you are thinking, well, as soon as God blesses me, I'll begin tithing. Doesn't work that way. It begins with faith going, no, I'm gonna bring the tithe first. And then I'm gonna watch God be faithful to his promises. Now, for some of you, you're faithful in your tithing. And so next week, your kingdom builder offering will be an offering. It'll be over and above your regular giving. And I wanna challenge you to sacrificial giving. I want you to be intentional in making a difference next week through sacrificial giving. What do you mean by sacrificial giving, Pastor? It's a gift that will cost you something. It'll give, it's a gift that maybe will cause you to delay something you wanted now. That maybe you'll have to push something a few months to be able to do that thing or, or whatever it may be, but it's a sacrifice for you. It's not equal gifts, but equal sacrifice. And for everybody, it'll look different. For some of you, a $100 gift will be sacrificed. For some of you, a $10,000 gift will be sacrificed. But for some of you, a $10,000 gift won't be sacrificed. Some of you, a $100,000 gift will be sacrificed. And that's what you need to bring. And some of you are thinking, Pastor, you're really bold to name num 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 put numbers. I just know this. I know that my job is to boldly proclaim God's truth to you. And then let the Spirit of God do the work in you. I'm not going to look at your gift and call your house and be like, Hey, Bubba, that wasn't sacrifice. The Holy Spirit will deal with you. I'm still praying. We haven't had it happened yet in the history of our church. I'm still praying for a one-time million-dollar gift. There's somebody that can do it, I'm sure. And that would be sacrifice. And you would touch the lives of so many people like Mary Beth, and you would accelerate vision in so many areas. And your gift, all of us together, is gonna to make such a difference in the communities as we continue to expand churches and we continue to touch the needs of those of broken humanity through local, national, global outreach, gonna to continue to raise up students like Mary Beth, who are gonna leave Virginia and go to other states, and some other countries, to make a difference in the lives of so many people. I want you to see how one church did it in the New Testament, it says this way in Corinthians, it says, and now brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian church. What a great church. In the midst of very severe trial, in the midst of a pandemic, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. So this wasn't a rich church like so many American churches, but it welled up in rich generosity. They were rich in generosity, even though they were in poverty, in trial. They were going through some things. 
And it says, for I testify that they gave as much as they were able and they went beyond their ability. They stretched themselves, they sacrificed. They just didn't do what was comfortable. They went beyond what was comfortable, entirely on their own. They went entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us. Man, I pray for this day. This is every pastor's prayer. They pleaded for the privilege of sharing. They came to Paul and were like, Paul, please let us give in this offer. Can we have the offering already? Can we just have it already? Can we do it today? Like, I wanna do it today. Can we just give today? They pleaded for the opportunity of sharing in service to the Lord's people. And listen to this, they exceeded our expectations. They gave of themselves first, and that's where it begins. It begins with giving of your whole heart, and then the will of God also to us. They went beyond their ability, they exceeded the expectations. This life is not all there is to this life. This life is not all there is to this life. And you can wire transfer to the life that really matters. And you do it by giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your service, giving of your prayer, giving of your word of encouragement, living a generous life, storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven giving of your resources. So here's my prayer for you. Is that throughout this week, and I hope you have been all along, but maybe you haven't, maybe you'd really focus in this week. And number one, if you haven't become faithful in tithing, that you'd do that. It's not what God wants from you, he's not poor. He's not in need, it's what he wants for you. He wants to pour out the windows of heaven on your life. Then maybe next week you'd begin tithing returning the tithe to God. And if you're already a tither, that you would bring a gift that represents sacrifice. It's above your regular giving, that, that like the Macedonian church, that you would rel, well up with rich generosity, that you'd go beyond what you think you can do, that you would exceed the expectations. Here's what I know about God. Every time that I've prayed about God, what do you want me to give? The first number I come up with is always Daniel, and it's within my comfort zone. The second number is usually God, and it stretches my faith. But here's what I've learned over and over again. I can't outgive God. You receive the word today? Come on, you receive at every location, at home, no matter where you are. Hey, will you pray with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Maybe for some of you today, the the step you need to take is you so lived for this earth because you thought this earth is your home. You realize that there's more to this life than this life, that there is an eternity. There is something beyond this life. And the Bible's very gracious to us and very kind in that God made a way for us to have eternal life with Jesus, not apart from him. And the Bible says that we've all sinned and that's not a condemning statement. It's just that that sin separates us from a loving God. But God gave us a gift in the person of Jesus and it's that we could have eternal life. That not just a better life now because life is better when Jesus is first, but eternal life later. And the way that we receive this free gift is by faith. Not of your works, not doing better, not, not even giving next week. 
It's all by faith and it's a grace gift. It's a free gift of God. And if you're listening today and you'd say, Pastor, I know in my heart that I'm far from God. I know in my heart that I don't have peace with God, but I want to. Maybe you've walked away and you'd say today, I need to come back to God. If that's you, then we're gonna pray a prayer together in a moment. There's nothing magical in the prayer, but if you mean it from your heart to God's heart, on the authority of God's word, you will be saved. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved today. You can have confidence that heaven is your home. And so I want us all to pray this together out loud, every location, no matter where you're tuning in from today, just pray this with me. Say, Jesus, I need you. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I make you my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, everybody said a big amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate with those who made that decision. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. You know, the Bible tells us that all of heaven rejoices over one person and and we rejoice with you. And we wanna know about that decision. Several years ago, I wrote a book called Fully Alive and it's all about how to take steps in this journey of faith, how to continue to grow in this relationship you begun. Today's a starting point, not the ending point. So I wanna get that in your hands. It's a free resource. You can simply text LCS to 94000. You can text LCS 94000 and we will get that out to you this week. If you found today's message helpful, feel free to rate, review, or even share it with a friend. Also wanna encourage you to think about partnering with us, you know, together through your giving, we can take this message around the world and make a difference in the lives of so many people. Thanks again for joining us today. If you would like to partner with us, you can do so by clicking the link in the description, visiting lifepoint.org give, or via text messaging on your mobile device. Just text the dollar amount of your gift and keyword LifePoint to 45777. Thank you for your generosity. We can do so much more together than we ever could apart.